Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello and welcome to the In For A Penny podcast. I'm Mark Schoffman, a freelance personal finance journalist, and I'm joined by my financial planner friend, Joshua Gersler, who runs an advisory business called The Orchard Practice. Hello. If you'd like to know a little bit more about us, you can check me out at www.cavendishcontent.com and Josh at www.topfs.co.uk. Each episode, we aim to give our perspective on the world of finance and money, and discuss some of the issues that crop up in business as well as everyday life. We hope that you'll learn something from our podcast as well as have some fun too. Hello and thank you for downloading the latest episode of the Infra Penny podcast. I'm of course here with Josh. Do you want to say hello? I do. Hello. Hello and we are talking in mid-July, the first week since some of the biggest lockdown restrictions were eased. You can now go to a pub you can go to a park. Have you been to a pub yet? Haven't been to the pub yet, but did go to the park this morning. Tell me about that. Um, I know what a park is, but you know. Uh, okay, so you know that. <laughs> yeah. Took three of the four Gersler children to the park. Sure. We um, wasn't too busy. Yeah. Lots of people we knew there, though. Sure. And they played in the park. They played so on the, in the playground. In the playground, yes. Of course, playgrounds have been closed during lockdown for lockdown period and are now reopened do you do you trust that they've been sanitized or are you worried about that sort of thing no i don't think they've been sanitized like they probably need to be yeah so you have to do your own thing take your own um what's it called antibacterial gel wash your hands with it there is a sign up saying that although this is open it might not be completely clear of covid make sure you take precautions yeah that's what worries me a bit is that pre-lockdown um kids would go to the playground and they congregate around the swing of a slide and then when someone would go down and if you go down a slide and you slide into a whole crowd of children sometimes and they're all kind of all over each other climbing up things which i don't know is kind of a melting point pot of bacteria and viruses so it seems a bit risky but like you say if people are careful and washing hands i think but you just kind of have to rely on everyone being careful yeah like before uh, all this um you didn't have to worry about washing your hands and when I say you didn't have to worry, of course you've got to wash your hands, but you didn't have to be stringent about everywhere you went. So I think a little bit of germs are okay. Yeah. It's, uh, you just got to be sensible. Okay. Which I know you are. I am. Indeed. What's your favorite, what's your kid's favorite playground activity? I don't know. I'll have to ask them. I'm assuming you have, you know what your, yours well, is. Because my daughter is quite keen. My eldest is quite keen on mastering the monkey bars, which requires a lot of upper body strength, as I'm sure you know. But I'm also sure you know you're showing me your upper body muscles there. And I don't have a lot of that when it comes to monkey bars. So she will approach it and she'll say, Daddy, Daddy, show me how to do it. And I just have to say, yeah, I'm not going to show you today. But I'll tell you. Yeah, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. So, yeah, we haven't must, But I think I remember when I was younger, I used to really want to do that. and never did it. And I'm quite worried that that is going to pass on to the next generation. But one day there will be a shopman who can master the monkey bars. A monkey, a monkey shopman. I think you have a, uh, a similar build to me. Yeah. In terms of uh, the muscle areas. So, yeah, I don't know how I'd get on with that. So, 
Um, today's been another poignant, not today, this week has been another poignant period. So forget pubs reopening. Oh, hairdressers. Oh, have you had a haircut? Oh, thank you for noticing. I didn't, yeah. I didn't think you'd say anything. Yes, so I hairdress, have. Yeah, hairdressers and barbers reopened. So you, you've been, I I've can been. see. Let's talk about that first and then we'll talk about me. Yeah, what do you want to know about it? So you've, uh, where did you go? You went to a well-known salon. A well-known salon. I won't um, give them a plug. Yeah. Well, tell me about the experience. It was fine. There was hand sanitizer when you got there. Yeah. And then did you I have was, to make an appointment? I, well, I always make an appointment. That's the yeah. reason I, one of the main reasons I go there because I, I don't have the patience to sit in queue. Yeah. Um, so I always go there because I can make an appointment. Yeah. Got there, was given a disposable gown. So, you know, usually they just Velcro that gown around you. Yeah. So this was like a, I don't know what it was made of, some sort of paper that went over my head. Yeah. I was given a face mask. So could you and, use your own face mask or? Um, I, well, I got given one. I think they want you to use their one to make yeah. sure you're not bringing any germs in. And also, there was a disposable towel that was used. Interesting. Yeah, so that's a lot of extra stuff. Um, they have to buy a lot of extra supplies. Yeah. Was was your was your haircut any more expensive? It was. I I don't know exactly how much more, but it did seem quite a bit more expensive than usual. The guy did call me, but when when I booked it in to say you got to pay a fiver for your um protective wear your mm. disposable protective wear which i don't i don't if i have to do it every time that gets a bit expensive but because yeah. i had the haircut for so long since it's been about five months I, I didn't mind doing it this time so you couldn't just bring your own i think it sort of defeats the purpose for them of making sure it's all sterile sterilized sure and what what about about, i haven't had i was supposed to have one no i thought i was having one the friday that's just gone but it's actually next week that's the You need to get yourself a proper electric diary. <laughs> You're right. right appointments You're right. You're absolutely right. So you had a mask on throughout the haircut. Yeah. yeah. Does that, because one of the things I hate most about haircuts is the small talk. So I imagine with a mask <laughs> on, there's less pressure to do that. Uh, well, I like the guy that cuts from my hair. We have a nice chat. Yeah. So but is it a bit hard when you've got a mask? And you're like... <laughs> it was a bit harder. Yeah. yeah. He had a shield on rather than a mask. So. Oh, yeah. His was okay. Okay. And how has his lockdown been, the man who cut your hair? What's he been doing? My hair, ben. ben. He's, he's got a wife and a young daughter, so I think he's been spending time with them. He's been playing yeah. lots of golf. He's all right. He's good. Good. What do they do when, when you've got the mask on and they have to cut behind the ears? I just I said to him, he was like trying to work around. I said, do you want me to hold it to the sides? So yeah. I did that for him. Interesting. Yeah. Was it... So are you planning on going back or do you reckon you'll wait until? Yeah, another one at some point. I usually yeah. go every sort of uh, five or six weeks. I'll book to go in another five weeks. Lovely. Oh, we should yeah. just do a whole podcast dedicated to I was going to say, what's happened to this podcast? Yeah. It's talking about hair and, and all that. Yeah. Well, are we going to talk about finance, money today? Anything I to wanted to about? talk. So something interesting happened to me and my finances this week. Okay. So we talk about milestones sometimes in investing. Or I yeah. do. I've decided we do. Yeah. And one milestone is this week was the week I that one of my portfolios re- yeah. regained all its losses from before the coronavirus crunch started to hit. Okay, so you got back to where you were. Yeah, should I explain Great. that to you? Please do. So as you may remember, um well, here's, I sort of remember the coronavirus being spoken about as this thing that was happening in China 
in this little town in Wuhan. So Wuhan. around Wuhan in around January. And I was like, oh, well, it's just something happening all the way over there. Nothing to worry about here. And then gradually there was talk about the virus spreading and it becoming potentially becoming a, an epidemic and then a pandemic. And then in early February, that was when the first sort of outbreak was. And I think it started hitting Europe and the UK. And then it really... You started... and I were in Greece, weren't we? Not oh, yeah, that is true. We went to Greece in early March. And I... Yeah. Um, remember going to an airport as you would to get abroad yeah and um in the airport it was a bit different because there were people then starting to go off off in masks 27th of february it was yeah and i do i was a bit more wary of that and a bit more cautious about if it was a yeah about if it was a risk going to greece not only because arsenal were pretty rubbish but because we could um catch the virus but both of us came back healthy yeah. What was the score in that game? I think it was. Uh, I think it was maybe one all or two all. We went out and away goals. Oh yeah, we? we did. Yeah, yeah. So that was against Olympiacos. <laughs> so then, um, yeah. So when the yeah. first cases started to hit, and then sort of in early March, uh, markets started to panic. So let me give you an example. I don't mind sharing a little bit of my wealth. Not okay. not the actual money, but <laughs> generous guy. So in um, my, I've got a portfolio of passive investments, ETFs, exchange traded funds. And on the 20th of February, that was worth £13,411. Look at you, money bags. Yeah. By um, the 11th of March, that had dropped to £11,623. So that so it went from what fifteen to eleven. To it went from thirteen. 11, well, it went from fourteen thousand essentially. No, well, it went from thirteen thousand five hundred to eleven thousand six hundred. That's not bad. It's not terrible, but I remember it, around that time looking at that, and we there was a after-school dance recital of my daughters, and I remember a bit a bit bored because dance recitals aren't as all they aren't as interesting as they sound. So I was checking my portfolio, and I saw that. that kind of big drop and I thought well and I obviously was aware of this coronavirus thing I think well this is a bit worrying but what's going to happen to my money like this is a pot of money how did it make you feel worried yeah I was concerned I was thinking this is getting kind of serious it's not just something that's a virus in some distant country it's actually affecting my money and the way I want to live now you now you took up set up and took notice because now it was affecting you personally yeah exactly so that yeah yeah, so previously it's just words on a piece of paper or just news broadcasts that you're watching. But now when you see your actual wealth being hit, you start to worry. Okay. Um, imagine if I was someone who didn't have a um, financial advisor or wasn't aware of some of the investing fundamentals. I may think, well, I'm going to get my money out now before I lose it all or before I have massive losses. The great mistake, as we call it. The great mistake because then I didn't, so I didn't do anything then. But then on March the 20, hold on, I'm going to double check this. But well, essentially by March the 22nd, my portfolio had fallen to £10,367. 
Okay. So that was, it. yeah, that was in yeah the twenty second of March, and at that point, that meant I was actually my the value of my contributions was worth more than I was actually getting back. So you paid in more than it was worth. Yeah, I paid in more than it was worth. And what are you thinking at that point? And at that point, it was getting even worse. I was thinking, well, all these, this saving and investing I've been doing for the past, how when did I set this up? I think I set this in, up in 2013. So seven years of investing has just gone down the pan because, because of a bat in China or whatever <laughs> the source of this virus is. We don't know yet. Um, oh, knows. <laughs> so... I thought, well, is now the time to take my money out? But then do you know what happened? So around um, that time is when the UK also went into lockdown. So before then, there was all this uncertainty because you may remember that uh, Boris Johnson's advice from uh, the end of April, no, sorry, from March, for most of March was just wash your hands. So other countries like Italy and France were going into full lockdown and Boris was saying, as long as you wash your hands. So I remember happy. that because yeah. my hands were getting so sore at that point. I'd never yeah. washed them so much and so thoroughly. Yeah. But it's when much of Europe was. I'm back to normal now, by the way. I'm washing oh, good. normally and they're not yeah. hurting. <laughs> they were, yeah. Much of Europe were closing schools and businesses and locking down. And we were just told to sing happy, happy birthday twice while you wash your hands. Yeah. Which when you look back, sounds pretty ridiculous compared with what then happened around March the 23rd when people were told to work from home pubs were closed schools were closed yeah but then do you know what happened to my investments I do know because March the 24th yeah was the second best day that the FTSE 100 has had ever yeah it grew by or rose I should say by 9.1 percent so I'm guessing something really good happened to your investments spoiler alert there yeah so it went from uh, 10,367 that's on the 22nd of March and by Monday it was at 11,250 so um, yeah it's because uh, the big mistake is trying to think you can time the market it is impossible to know what days it's going to go up what days it's going to go down mm. the market is driven by human emotion two main human emotions fear and greed and so it swings both ways depending on people's emotions so if things are good people get greedy and it goes up more than you would expect it to overreact and when things are not so good it goes down because people are fearful more than it should do so if if you look at the top five days of the FTSE 100, and the FTSE 100 isn't the only barometer, but if you look at the top five days in the FTSE 100 all time, where it's had the largest percentage gains, yeah, four of them around about October, November 2008. That's a financial crisis, a yeah, bank the, old, the old credit crunch. Yeah. And one of them was in March this year. Because after a, a temporary decline, hmm. we then usually see a large gain to get back to where things were. It does show an interesting disconnect between the stock market and the real economy, like people's jobs and stuff. So obviously people are going through horrible, a lot of people are going through horrible times and 
so yeah a lot of people have been furloughed or have lost their jobs or are worried about their businesses and a recession uh, future recession potential yeah. recession another one yeah another one but the stock markets are actually now doing okay and so since middle, the middle of march they're now back up and so my portfolio now as of mid-july is back up at 13,280. So as you said, you're back to where you were. Back to where I am. But before everything happened. So what, and in that time there have been, so it was essentially, initially that drop, there wasn't much certainty about what the UK was doing. So people were unsure about what our response would be. The government hadn't announced any support. And since the middle of March, they, and that March 22nd date, they've announced things like the coronavirus business interruption loan scheme and the furlough scheme. So that has given the stock market certainty to rise. So that kind of gives investors more confidence. But that doesn't actually necessarily, so that's good for investors, but then at the same time, it's disconnected from how people may be feeling. That's right. Because it's that, that supports it's their emotions again, doesn't it? It's yeah. The, uh, and I think I, I sort of put out, um, I've had a lot of conversations with this about clients over the last few months. I called all my clients and said to them, don't worry, don't panic. Things will come back around again. They always do. And thank God most clients listened. I think pretty much everyone listened actually and didn't panic. And they are, they didn't sell low and buy high, the opposite of what you're supposed to do. But that's what people do when they panic. They, they sell when things have had a big dip. So they, so they lose money. And then when things start to go up again, you think, oh, right, it's good again. I'll buy now. And, you, and you've missed it completely. It's the, it's the yeah. opposite of what you what you should be doing. It's counterintuitive, but that's what you need to do. Take the emotion out of the decision. And if you have a focus not on your portfolio, but on your financial plan, that makes that much easier. So you had um, an annual planning meeting recently. Mm-hmm. And hopefully, you can tell us, but hopefully that that takes that focus back off your money and actually onto what you want to do with it, what it's for, which is the most important thing. Does that that sound fair? That does sound fair. Yeah, I think, yeah, and it helps you focus on the long term rather than just what the kind of short term peaks and troughs. Yeah, because when you're in the thick of things, it it feels like the end of the world. But really, if you then... To take a step back and you actually look at it in the grand scheme of things and over a longer term scale it's just another it's just another up and down spike on the old uh, on the old chart yeah and if you believe that the world is coming to an end then fair enough sell all your investments but we've got bigger problems then people are still going to be companies are still going to make money human ingenuity is going to prevail there are people now, if you look at it, are coming up with new businesses, whether it's protective clothing for the for the um, coronavirus. Um, there are always people that are going to come up with clever ideas and ways to make money. And by remaining investing, you're going to share in that. The alternative by leaving it in the bank is you're going to do nothing. You're just going to lose money to inflation. Mm. And of, of course, not panicking as well. Correct. Yeah, you've got to take the emotion out of it. Yeah. And it's very hard, like even for trained professionals, we're not immune to these emotions. But what you have to do is remember how you felt during this time 
during this, if you want to call it a crisis or this mania, whatever it is, remember how you felt and what you did and take that forwards to the next one because it will happen again and again and again. Mm. You've got to react the same each time just to hold your nerve. But I guess that's good because during the financial crisis in 2008, I don't think I had money invested. I wasn't really investing as much in the stock market because I wasn't thinking about plans as I'd only just got married and I didn't have any children. So yeah, this for me is the first time I've had to go through this thing. Yeah, I guess now it's good I've gone through it because it will mean next time I'd be like, oh yeah, don't be there, done that. And, and interesting, when I was um, speaking to all my clients during the the sort of um, the most intense periods the most volatile periods the older clients were the calmest because they've yeah. seen it before they knew that they said yeah it's, it's not even checking yet i know things are going to be down but it always comes back around and it and it's the younger clients it's not who were panicking but just needed that little bit of extra reassurance that's what we're here for that's 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 why people pay us money it's to make sure they make sensible financial decisions don't make silly mistakes interesting so none of your clients sold out or wanted to sell out? Don't say some wanted to. Yeah, but you steered them onto the right path, or yeah, correct. Told them that we've got a plan and that, and we stick to the plan. Things what if they'd been? Better. What if they had been insistent? Would you have had to? Yeah, yeah. The clients make the decisions. Yeah, we're here to advise and make recommendations and and to hopefully get them to do the right thing. But if someone says, "I want to do this, that, and the other," I, mm. I can't I can't stop them doing it. That's all we have time for, I think. Is that because you've got to go to a Zoom uh a Zoom uh, meeting with all your friends now? Well, no, you're my friend. Ah. And I've got but to have yeah, some your proper friends. I'm hungry. Oh, you're hungry. Okay. Yeah. Well we don't want our listeners to keep you uh keep you waiting. Great. Thank enough. you. Well I hope that's helped and an important lesson in not panicking. Keeping calm when all around you are going keep, crazy. Keep your head. When all around you are losing theirs and blaming it on and all that jazz. Great. Until Thanks. next time. Until next time. Please remember, anything discussed in this programme should not be viewed as financial advice. But if you do need support, please contact me at mark, M-A-R-C, at cavendishcontent.com or visit the Orchard Practice website at www.topfs.co.uk You can also find us on Twitter at InforAPennyPod1 at Mark Schoffman and at Josh Gersler If you'd like to leave us feedback there's a link in the show notes telling you how to do that We really appreciate any comments you provide And do post any financial issues you'd like us to cover Thank you for being In For A Penny <laughs>